The AMA Moving Medicine podcast highlights innovation and emerging issues that impact physicians and patients today. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's Moving Medicine video and podcast. Today, we're talking about how improving resident training of the physical exam can increase well-being. This is a special episode to close out the AMA's Recognizing Residence Week, a week where the AMA takes time to focus on residents and the critical role that they play in the profession. I'm joined today by Dr. Sanjay Desai, the AMA's Chief Academic Officer and Group Vice President of Medical Education in Chicago. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer, also in Chicago. Well, hello, Dr. Desai. Is that your laboratory there in the background? <laughs> That's my pride and joy. It's our treehouse I built about 10 years ago. And I want to thank you, Todd, for inviting me back and allowing us to focus on the physical exam during this week where we're recognizing residents. Well, let's start with what initially drove you to look at the training and assessment of the physical exam. Uh, prior to the AMA, you were a program director at Johns Hopkins, where you regularly interacted with residents and did research on resident education and wellness. Were you starting to see a decline in the skills of your residents? Is that what uh, is underneath us? I think even more than um, witnessing perhaps a decline, Todd, I think it's witnessing the cultural shift away from emphasizing and prioritizing the physical exam as a um, uh, essential component of the way that we care for patients. It's, it's the reason I think that most of us actually chose the field um, is to uh, is based on our uh, personal experiences with uh, with physicians and the physical exam. This is the probably one of the most uh, sacred experiences that are part of, of being a physician and uh, caring for patients is that opportunity to, for us to be with them at the bedside and examine them and use that information to help care for them. There are so many aspects to it that are so important and um, rebuilding that emphasis was was the motivation for us to think about it. You mean people didn't join medicine for an endless series of questions through the EHR? Um, is that, that came up what, only afterwards. <laughs> uh, is that, you know, is that part of what's driving us? What do you think? Uh, is yeah, the I think, you know, as I reflect back, Todd, I think that there are um, innumerable forces today in the clinical training environment that unfortunately increase the distance between clinicians and their patients. And so these include regulatory forces. They include operational forces of, of hospitals and, and clinics. Uh, they include the all-pervasive all EMR um, and the documentation burden that, that comes with that. The, the way that we clinically care and the way that we clinically document our care um, has transformed uh, completely in, in the last 20 years. And it, some of it obviously brings good. Um, the EMR has obviously some very important qualities that are that are help us, and also technology, uh, which I think we would all argue is is good for us in in our ability to care for patients effectively. However, again, it creates distance between us and our patients. Well, speaking of distance, I have to imagine that the pandemic put a lot of distance between physicians and patients over the last couple of years, and did not have a positive impact on physical exams. Is that uh, is that the case? Yeah, I think the pandemic, you know, as much injury as it's caused on so many aspects of our lives, I think it has had a 
uh, a highly detrimental effect on on the emphasis of the physical exam and our ability to uh, to teach it moving forward. So, um, you know, I talked about distance that's created by all of these other forces. The pandemic was an enormous force that uh, exacerbated that distance. Now we had to wear the the protective equipment, which created uh, physical separation between us and patients. We had to limit the number of people that went in to see a patient. We had to think about how much time uh, and felt constrained or even distracted or urgency to, to minimize that time. I think for many, it, it eliminated parts of the physical exam that we found incredibly personal and valuable for both us and the, and the patient. That's just sitting there uh, and taking our time and listening. And again, that all was done now behind a glass door, behind a plastic mask, and it made it very difficult for us to um, to really show how much value the physical exam provides. I, I would add one more thing, Todd, and that's that the the forces that have been in existence for for two decades to create that separation um, also uh, unfortunately changed the culture of how we think about the physical exam and changed the capability of attending physicians to be able to perform and teach that physical exam. And that also grew um, and became, I think, harder to overcome during the pandemic. So many layers of this and, and some of it, unfortunately, has led to durable impact on this culture and the emphasis of physical, physical exam that's going to take more time to to unravel than, than I think we would all hope for. And I'm sure coming out of the pandemic where we've seen the use of telehealth, Growing pretty dramatically, obviously, no, no, uh, well, hard to do a physical exam uh, through the phone. It is. It's really, you know, telehealth absolutely became a new skill that we all had to learn. And uh, teaching the physical exam, which you can do over telemedicine, is different. And so both the, the mentors were not skilled in that capability as well as we uh, hoped everybody is, and their ability to teach it is also very limited. And so it's a new domain uh, because telehealth is here to stay. And it, this will become a new domain for all of us to gain competency in. So another example, Todd, of, of uh, where the, there's threatening um, culture to the physical examination. And it's interesting because we did uh, some episodes earlier in the year on uh, how, to, how to do physical exams. And just there's, there is a certain set of equipment uh, that's needed uh, on the patient side to be able to do that. Um, you know, now that we're hopefully kind of moving at least somewhat back to normalcy, uh, why put this emphasis back on the physical exam and why is it such a crucial part of patient care? There are so many reasons. I, I think that there is a, a medical reason and then there is also a um, very important emotional reason that is highly meaningful for us to, to center on the physical examination. Certainly medically, this is uh, central to our care. It, it um, is crucial to develop, to determining the accuracy of a diagnosis that you have. It's um, crucial for us to reduce diagnostic error. It helps us reduce unnecessary testing that we may um, reach for because technology is, is easily available. However, it's expensive and we should be uh, judicious and use those technologies only when they're appropriate. Beyond the, the findings and the clinical reasoning that is informed by the physical exam, um, I would add a very important layer, which is the emotional side, uh, the opportunity for us to connect 
with patients, for us to develop that trust with patients. When when we're with patients, it's often uh, at moments of vulnerability and the physical connection um, that you are able to nurture through the 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 practice of a physical exam uh, is invaluable and I think facilitates those connections that are so important to healing. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform, supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. Well, I know that you and your team uh, spend uh, a lot of time thinking about reinventing medical education and training. When you think about the physical exam, you know, where's the training uh, and the assessment for, for this particular area typically done? And where do you think it's falling short? Yeah, so this is, a, this is a big area of focus for us at the AMA to help catalyze uh, innovation and emphasis in this. And, and certainly it's a big focus for many uh, medical schools and, and training programs across the country. The, the opportunity to really create the skills and to nurture the, the culture that, is, um, that emphasizes this physical exam has to be early. So it has to be when we are, we are um, in our most formative years where these habits are, are formed. And so that's medical school when we're in our clinics and in, our, uh, in the hospitals doing clerkships. And it's during residency uh, when we're, again, in the clinical environment uh, with mentors and when we're learning. And so uh, I think our hope is to uh, support opportunities, initiatives, practices that very deliberately bring the trainees to the bedside under supervision. So we bring them to the, super, to, the, to the bedside, but not bring them unsupervised, then they are not learning the habits that you want them to learn, uh, nor will they learn the skills that are important to use that information in, in the most meaningful way. And so to bring them there um, to show that this is a core part of the care for every patient every day, and then to model uh, how you do this as a practicing physician, and then to give them uh, to assess their skills and, and give them opportunities for growth and help develop that growth so that they can, again, use the physical exam, perform it adequately, effectively, in a nurturing way, in a healing way, and then use that information to provide the best possible care. But it really has to be early on, Todd, so those habits are formed, they're durable, and they can be passed on to the next generation of physicians that they then train. Well, we've seen some programs, including John, Johns Hopkins, make positive changes in this arena. What do you think uh, when you look at that, have you seen that's really working? Yeah, so for us, we, we decided um, again early on that this will be a focus of our residency program at Hopkins and it, ha- and it is at other places as well. And so it became um, uh, highly structured, highly reliable and highly deliberate that we make bedside uh, care the, the centerpiece of our, our training model. And so to do that, I think it requires structural intervention so that rounds happen at the bedside. 
We know more and more, again, because of all the forces we've already talked about, rounds too often are relegated to a team room where there's a multitude of computers uh, where they can actually do the, the so much of the clinical care. So um, re-emphasizing, reintroducing really the notion that that care has to be has to begin at the bedside, and so that's structural. That's making sure that rounds led by the mentor, led by the faculty member, led by the senior most residents um, are performed at at the bedside, and then to study it. And this is again where the AMA has really left an impact is to support research in how we're performing the physical exam, how effectively we're actually using the information from that physical exam. And then ultimately, Todd, I think what we all want to do is tie everything to what matters most, and that's the outcomes of our patients. So the work that's being done now, supported by the AMA and the Reimagining Residency Initiative is with Johns Hopkins, with Stanford, and with the University of Alabama at Birmingham, where we are assessing the the skills of physical exam, how much time we're spending at the bedside, and then correlating that to outcomes that we think are meaningful in terms of our skills. And then ultimately, hopefully, we can get to the point where we're assessing these against outcomes for patients, which is really the ultimate goal and the reason that we're, we're learning these skills in the first place. Well, you mentioned Stanford, and just that I'm, I'm curious, too, about the amount of time. Talk to us a little bit about something called the five-minute moment. Right. So the five-minute moment. So we again, this is an opportunity for us to realize uh, and to create models for effectively teaching evidence-based practices in physical exam in short periods of time. Um, because we know, again, because of all the forces that we've talked about, that we don't have a lot of time. Uh, an abundance of time is not uh, the, 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 the opportunity that we have to use. And so, so how do we do that? And then, so Stanford had created these five-minute bedside moments. They've been taken up by the Society of Bedside Medicine and, and scaled there even further. And they choose one physical exam intervention. They teach you how to do it uh, properly and what information you can yield from that to, to, um, to better care for your patient. And, and there's a series of these now. And so these are, these are meant to be um, bite-sized moments that can be scaled across any institution really in the world who choose to look at it and teach it. Um, and hopefully as you do this more and more, those students that then learn it can teach it on to the to the next generation and uh, again the idea is to pass and scale as much evidence-based physical examination skills and lessons as we possibly can and this is a, a very effective way for us to have done that well it's not exactly intuitive the connection between this particular skill and increasing professional satisfaction reducing burnout in residents which we know has just been uh, historically a huge problem tell us tell us about more about that connection I think that, um, you know, the, that work that's been done by those three institutions is, is um, built upon the hypothesis that one of the drivers of burnout is our separation from patients. And again, if you go back to when people apply into medical school, they, uh, I'm confident, do not apply to become a physician uh, because they'll be uh, able to sit in a team room and work on a computer. They, I am confident, imagine themselves with patients. And so it would be frustrating. It would be emotionally exhausting uh, to work as hard as physicians will 
and to care as deeply as they do for their patients and then not be able to spend that time with them. So, so the hypothesis is that if we're able to uh, spend more time with patients, then our skills would not only improve, but our, the meaning, the meaningfulness of our day would improve. And that would then turn into a greater um, amount of well-being and reduced burnout. So that's the cycle or the, the loop that we're, we, we hypothesize and this research team is exploring very carefully. And the, the way they're doing that, Tuck, as you mentioned, time is measuring time. Um, so we actually uh, track residents uh, wherever they are in the hospital and are able to track how much time they spend physically with patients. And then you can associate that time with a whole host of different outcomes, including, including well-being, which is a very important one for us to track. And I know from previous research uh, with physicians that, that the time spent with patients is greatly outweighed by time spent uh, behind a computer screen. You're, you're dealing with some real structural changes in the training environment that have to take place. I, I, I have to believe that's pretty significant. Um, no, it really is. It's about 13% of the time is spent in direct patient care, which um, is, we don't know what the right amount of time is, but I think that there is uh, largely consensus and concern that that is inadequate amount of time. And so how do we, uh, the first step in in improving that is to measure it. And so uh, once we're able to measure it, we can both look at the amount of time, but also look at the quality of that time. And then again, correlate it to outcomes, which will be the most important part. Uh, well, uh, where does the, the work currently stand? And I think I know part of the answer. What do you hope comes out of it? Yeah, I think that, well, the work is ongoing. Um, the, we, we just published, the research team just published uh, the first manuscript from this research that actually shows the amount of time uh, and where uh, interns spend time in the hospital, as well as shows that variability between different interns. And there's actually quite a bit of variability between interns, 9% of variability is showing that there is opportunity. Uh, you know, some people spend more time than others. Again, we don't know what the right amount of time is, but it shows that there's an opportunity there. It also varies dramatically based on the, the unit that you're in, whether you're in oncology or in an ICU or on the general wards, again, showing uh, opportunities. And so that, uh, that was just shared uh, and disseminated. And now the team is using those data and making those associations with the outcomes that we had discussed before, including clinical skill and well-being. And so more, more to come. Um, and, and hopefully we'll learn as other institutions start to um, participate in similar research, learn what we think is most important. Uh, that's really the goal, Todd, in the end, is to, to learn what interventions, practices, processes will allow us to cultivate the skills that we think are most important to learn in physical examination, and then bring that evidence to demonstrate that, in fact, these skills improve the clinical care a physician can provide, improve the well-being a physician can provide, and then ultimately improve patient outcomes. There's so much resource that's being invested in this space that we think it's uh, urgent for us to identify what is effective using a data-driven method um, so that that investment is directed in, in the best possible way to get the best outcomes for clinicians and for our patients. Well, there's so much uh, effort going on here at the AMA. 
to do exactly what you're talking about, get uh, more time for physicians to spend with their patients. And I love the connection that, you're made, uh, that you've made between uh, that important skill of the physical exam and physician well-being. Uh, and we'll look forward to hearing more about your research as that develops. Dr. Desai, thanks so much for being here today. Uh, and a big shout out to you and your team for all the work that you're doing to support residents nationwide. We'll be back soon with another Moving Medicine video and podcast. You can catch all our episodes at ama-assn.org podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care. Thank you. This has been Moving Medicine a podcast by the American Medical Association. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. I'm Todd Unger, and this is Moving Medicine.